Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Hot Takes from the Berg podcast. I'm, of course, your host, Jason Mitchell, joined alongside Ian Hatcher. How are you doing today, Ian? I'm doing absolutely fantastic. Um, I want to take just a little bit of a second to let some of our listeners know about an exciting opportunity that both you and me um, will have tomorrow. Um, it's our first real chance at live commentating. Um, we'll be doing it on a new app called Colorcast. Um, you can find it on Android and uh, Apple App Store. And it, it's a really cool app. It allows you to listen into any game and listen to people commentate that game completely free on the app. Um, it, it's a really, really awesome thing. Obviously, you're not always able to sit down and watch a game. So being able to even, you know, just sit down and listen to it is really, really awesome. Or even to just use it while you watch along. Uh, with the game yourself um they can be really really cool obviously you don't always want to hear just you know the obviously you know real commentators are they get paid a lot of money for a reason but you don't always want to hear the exact analytical side and if you're like me you don't exactly appreciate every commentator equally so sometimes you may have somebody that you don't really want to listen to but either way we're going to be on there and we, but we are both so excited. Yeah, it's definitely an exciting opportunity. And going into that, uh, we are doing both an NFL and an NBA game. Um, so that's going to be lots of fun. And then uh, we'll see uh, one of our games live for our, our predictions and, and calling it. So who knows if that will uh, change any bias towards the game or not. I'm just there to just watch it and enjoy. I'm just looking to have a good time. I'm not, don't expect me to be Tony Romo or anybody crazy out here predicting anything. I just want to sit back, have a good time and talk, you know, some other football fans through a football game. You know, that's something that I think is a really undervalued aspect is just kind of watching together. I think that's an aspect of sports that isn't really embraced as much that I think can be a really, really good time. Cause as long as you can, you know, get along with the person that you're watching, watch a game, it can make for a really nice experience and especially when it's more personal than you could get when it's just, you know, your regular normal commentator talking over a game. Yep. But um, hopping into, before we hop into this week's uh, predictions, last week was a big week of upsets. Um, Of course, the, the Giants being the Raiders, the Jags being the Bills, the Titans being the Rams, uh, the Falcons winning, um, and then the whole Aaron Rodgers situation with him getting COVID, and uh, he will also be out for this week. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure the ten days uh, goes into Sunday, so I think he'll be out this week as well. And then, of course, the another huge game was the Broncos beating the Cowboys, even after trading away Von Miller. So. Really crazy week. It was definitely a very wild week. A lot of unexpected results. And a lot of teams that I think we had kind of counted out came out and played really, really well last week. And it's kind of been a bit of a trend, I'd say, as the the season goes on. I felt like just as soon as we were starting to kind of learn about teams and really figure out the hierarchy of teams in the league, 
we kind of had last week happen, and I feel like it kind of threw everything into a into a flux. I, I don't really know what to make of it, especially like I said last week was just so crazy. I'm having a hard time, or did have a hard time trying to differentiate, you know, which ones were legitimate and which ones, you know, felt like flukes and things like that. But I think, you know, I kind of extrapolated it a little bit further, and I I, I looked at it based off of, you know, just further back than just one weekend. I think that there was some trends developing with some teams, but I think for other teams, it was more just a flash in the pan. And and we'll break that down as we go through the games this week. Um, but hopping into um, our lock-ins for the week, um, I think the, the first big one is uh, the Ravens over the Dolphins for me. Uh, the Ravens did have another – very close game that should have been a, a very easy win for them against the the Vikings. And it it kind of proves to me that the the Ravens aren't exactly the greatest team in the league, but they know how to make a comeback. But if they're going against a, a good team that can shut down Lamar uh, to an extent, it, it's going to prove trouble for them. But that is that is not this Dolphins team at all. Uh, they barely won a game last week against uh, the Houston Texans, who are uh, one of the worst franchise, franchises in the league right now. And Tua, of course, is still injured. So Jacoby Persett is sadly going to have to still be their quarterback, who has looked terrible throughout this, this entire season uh, of him playing. So it's, it's, uh, it is just a, a very, very bad time down in uh, – in Miami right now after all the the expectations they had going into the season. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm completely on board with you. I think this is definitely the first lock of the week. For one, I am a little bit with you, you know, when it comes to the Ravens and how – I still am not ready to go all in with how confident I am with this team, but they do continue to get the job done and they get the benefit of the doubt this week, taking on the dolphins on what is a short week for them. And really for this dolphins team all season, I've kind of waited for them to at least overachieve a little bit, just because like I said, entering the season, I thought this was like a seven win floor kind of team, just because of how good the defense was. And they just do everything really well. We had the question marks about the offense, but it looked like that was going to be semi more solved than it was in years past. So we kind of hoped it would be the better, the best big picture. And it has not worked out to be that way just this season. Now, I do think, like I said, you have to factor in the defense. It's not going to be help them to be a seven win, seven floor win kind of team this season, but it is going to help to keep them in games. But if they play again, at any point this season, the way they played last year, down to the level of the Texans, it was absolutely pitiful. The most turnovers in a game, I think, since the year 2000, I want to say. I read that on Twitter earlier this morning. I mean, it was just a terrible game. Brissett came back in. There's been – the quarterback situation has flip-flopped all year. The Dolphins are a complete mess. Um, I don't like anything about them. They also get the, you know – the benefit, I guess, in the Ravens uh, corner as to the short week, you know, you get the Dolphins on that. I don't like anything about the Dolphins moving into this game. And I think the Ravens 
probably find a way to make it a little bit close, but I think there's no doubt they should pull through. Yeah, I I would be shocked if this was anything closer than at least a two-score game, but with how the, the Ravens have looked playing down to competition, it's it is a little worrying. Absolutely. Um, on to my my next lock that honestly before last week, uh, I probably would have had flip flopped. Uh, the Titans and Saints, and I have the the Titans as a lock. Uh, they looked phenomenal last week against that Rams team. Uh, just completely swallowing Matt Stafford. Uh, while yes, the offense wasn't great. Uh, it was the defense that really kept them in the game, uh, forcing Stafford to have two interceptions, one being a pick six, which just kind of looked like he was back in 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 uh, Detroit for uh, for the game. Um, wasn't wasn't a great game for them. Yes, the offense wasn't good, like I said, but it was just enough for for them to walk away with the win. Yeah, I'm. Gonna save that that game for a little bit later, but I do I am gonna touch on my next lock in kind of a similar vein here. I have the Bills over the Jets. Now, last week there was a lot of things that I said, you know, were kind of crazy about last week. I think one of the craziest was the Jacksonville Jaguars beating the Buffalo Bills. It was crazy for a ton of different reasons. If you didn't get to see it, the Josh Allen versus Josh Allen memes were hilarious. If you didn't know. Josh Allen is defensive end slash outside linebacker for the Jaguars and also the quarterback for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, different players, same name, obviously. But Josh Allen really dominated Josh Allen, and that's Josh Allen of the Jaguars. So probably almost single-handedly won them that game. He had a forced, a forced fumble, a fumble recovery, an interception, uh, a sack. Uh, he just absolutely dominated the game. And like I said, almost kind of single-handedly won them that game. And I think it was crazy, especially, I mean, you know, they didn't even have James Robinson for the game. Trevor Lawrence missed time during the game, and they found a way. Now, I think it was more so that the Bills, like I said, it just really looked like Josh Allen dominated Josh Allen. I mean, Josh Allen of the Bills couldn't get anything going all day, and I expect it's going to be a different story. I mean, we've, we haven't seen the Bills really struggle like that since early in the season. I do think there's a couple of ways that we can help that out. I think we need to see Dawson Knox back. He was great as the tight end, you know, really, really breaking the offense open early in the season. And I think we need to see Stephon Diggs get utilized just a little bit more. It still kind of blows my mind how much he's fallen off from a year ago when in terms of his usage. But I think either way, no matter how you slice it, the Bills aren't going to lose two gimme games in a row. I just don't think that's going to happen. We're talking about a Super Bowl contender here. They know what's at stake. They're not going to lose another gimme. I'm, I'm in the same boat as you. I have this as a, a lock-in. Um, I do want to touch on the, the Josh Allen versus Josh Allen. It is the first time uh, a person has gotten sack on a quarterback with the same name. And he's a uh, linebacker, uh, Josh Allen. I'm pretty sure it's the first person since I think it's 2004. It's sometime in the early 2000s that got a, a pick, a sack, and a fumble recovery in the same game, which is insane. He had a game. He had a game for sure. Yeah, no, he, him and Miles Jack uh, single-handedly willed that team to victory. I mean, Jonathan Ford had another uh, good interception, but – 
I mean, it's it's insane how they were able to shut down such a, a high-powered offense. No, absolutely. It was very, very, very strange to see. But I think it kind of goes back to something that I have referenced a little bit about the Bills that I think can hurt them. And it's the it's the running game. Once you get it's all nice and fun and it's all fun and games, you know, to run Josh Allen 10 times a game early in the season. But once you once the weather starts getting colder, the hits start, you know, taking taking more of an effect on you. They start feeling a little bit worse than they actually are because of that cold weather and that the kind of effects that that brings. You don't want your quarterback getting hit 10 times anymore. And you like to be able to put the ball in the gut of some playmakers that then just give them the rock and get five, six yards there. Hopefully every time every time you dial up a run play, the Bills just do not have that level of consistency week in and week out. And when you have a player like Josh Allen dominating, it made it even harder. Yeah, I another thing is like I don't know if the Jets are gonna have Mike White back this week. Um, I think he will be. Uh, but even if he if he's not, Josh Johnson didn't look that great in the cold game. I, I know his stats say otherwise, but all of that was garbage time uh, stats, basically, when the Colts were already up 45 to 10. So I, if Mike White is in there, who knows, uh, considering what he did in his first ever start. But, but I, I still don't see Buffalo dropping two games in a row with teams like this. I agree. And moving on to the team in question that beat them, I have them falling again. Now, I did lock the Bills to beat them last week. They burned me. I just don't think Josh Allen – or I'm not ready to say Josh Allen's going to win you another game unless he's playing his namesake. I mean, it, it was really, really something to behold. Josh Allen is a good player. I mean, he always plays pretty well. But that was obvi- quite obviously his kind of career game to this point. And it, it took that kind of magic for them to get a win. And on the other hand here, like I said – or I haven't said yet, but I'm about to say, we have a Colts team that still kind of continues to impress me. I I still think that this offense is really, really opening up as the season goes along. And I have to, again, touch on Michael Pittman, who really kind of before our eyes is becoming a number one option for Carson Wentz. Now, it took kind of a crazy game to, to win that Thursday night matchup versus the Jets last week, but they still did come out on top and for a team that's trying to just gain this momentum and come back from that terrible start. I don't think that they're going to mess this one up. I mean, this is their 500 kind of game. The Colts as a team are really in an awkward position because I don't know if I've referenced this on the podcast yet this year, but their first round pick goes to Philadelphia. If they, if Carson Wentz plays 70 plus percentage of the snaps. So they're in a really, really awkward position where they need to figure out quick whether we can actually go to the postseason or whether we should start playing for our first-round draft pick and bench this guy. And it's the tactics are kind of questionable, but either way, I just think you have to really realize that the Colts have to figure things out quick. And Carson Wentz knows that his career could be on the line because of this. And I, for that reason, I just don't think that they're going to be in position to give up a win to the Jags here. Yeah, and another big thing was I think this was Jonathan Taylor's first truly coming out game. I mean, 200 total yards, uh, two touchdowns, um, a huge, huge run. Um, I think it was what 
70 something yards, 80 something yards. I'm not sure the exact yardage, but it was it was a huge play from him. Um, I'm loving what I'm seeing from him this year. Uh, he has uh, a little over eight, a little over 800 yards on the season, eight touchdowns. He's playing really well, and he's kind of been the catalyst for this offense. And then Naeem Hines behind him had a what some uh, teams want out of their their starting running back and he did that only on six carries 74 yards and a touchdown like it, it's insane uh Carson Wentz of course had a pretty good game uh 272 three touchdowns uh really good uh completion percentage like it's this Colts team like you said it's it's definitely a, a make it break it uh I think if they drop another game I think they bench Wentz uh if not then I could see them trying to push for the playoffs and probably lose their pick. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's also part of the thing we have to remember is that going back to the initial transaction is you weren't getting a sure thing. You were actually getting a quarterback who at one point in his career could have been the MVP, if not for an ACL injury, but really had never replicated any kind of play like that since that moment. So you were really taking a gamble here. And so the fact that a first-round pick hinges on it, and especially to be your team, I mean, if Car- this whole Carson Wentz thing doesn't work out, you have you don't have anybody to really – that you're confident at least moving forward at the quarterback position. So I do think I'm with you. I mean, it, it's really one or two weeks, and you have to know the answer. And we could be seeing something as drastic as, like you said, Wentz being benched like next week if they're to drop a game like this, which is why I don't necessarily think it will happen. I think they understand the stakes. This team has been kind of like a slow burn all season, just got, you know, warmer over time. And I think now, like you said, with Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines, the whole cast is going. They've been putting together some good performances. I think they keep rolling. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, On to a, another game, which is a huge lock. Uh, I have the Cardinals over the Panthers, um, even if Colt McCoy is the starter. He proved last week he can still get a win against a pretty good defense in, in the 49ers. And wow, did the 49ers play well against the run, um, not allowing Eli Mitchell to get anything going. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo had a pretty good game, but wow. And another thing, James Conner finally had a good game. Uh, probably his first really good game since – Early last season, um, 96 yards, two touchdowns on 21 attempts. Uh, Pretty sure he also had like 80 through the air and a touchdown. Absolutely insane game out of Connor. Um, Also, like I said, I really liked what I saw in this Arizona defense, um, doing a good job of shutting down the run. Uh, I'd like to see a, a little more pass defense, but, I mean, Jimmy G isn't a terrible quarterback and he has arguably the best tight end in the league uh, to throw to. So I can't hate on it too much. Yeah. I I have this game locked as well. Um, And additionally, I'm with you, whether it's Colt McCoy or what I'm rolling with them as well. This Panthers team is, uh, I talked about what the Colts were. I call it a slow burn. This team is the exact opposite. I mean, their flame has, feels like it's really completely out. The Darnold situation looked like it could be a really big 
major positive for this franchise at the beginning of the season. And it kind of seems like the bad play is back. And trust me, as a DJ Moore fantasy owner, I have been feeling it. I mean, from a fantasy perspective. And you turn on the tape and you watch it, and it's pretty easy to see. I mean, the offense does not look as anywhere near dynamic as it was early in the season. Yes, Christian McCaffrey is out. But there's still too many good playmakers that could that were helping Sam Darnold or could have helped Sam Darnold that he hasn't been able to utilize. I mean, it's not the most star-studded uh, playmaking team, but it's a great group of guys that you could more than do enough with. I mean, you talk about Terrence Marshall Jr., a rookie who has a lot of potential. DJ Moore is already at 23 years old, cemented as one of the better young and trendy wide receivers in the entire league. And Robbie Anderson is a tremendous deep threat. And I know Christian McCaffrey's been out for a couple of weeks. Seems like, you know, last week he came back. It seems like he's going to get more of a full workload this week. But I just still don't know how I'm supposed to trust it. Yes, the Panthers are bringing in Cam Newton. Um, That's the big breaking news since right before we came on the air today. I'm interested to see how they plan on using him. Obviously, I don't think that he – well, I don't know. I mean, he could play this weekend – I don't – I wouldn't like their chances anymore if he were to play this weekend. But maybe moving forward for the season, I would like. I mean, the last time I really saw a nice Cam Newton playing football was for the Carolina Panthers. And there was something, dare I say, supermanish about it to go back to what he used to do in Carolina. I mean, he was a really good quarterback, won an MVP there, took him to a Super Bowl. I mean, he had some fantastic seasons, and they really got the best out of him. So I'm interested to see how it will work. But it already seems like they're waving that white flag, like the Darnold situation is not working out. And that's just kind of a scary proposition. Now, everything didn't hinge on Darnold, but a good amount did. I mean, that was your that was your chance to find, kind of find yourself a quarterback, especially now with depending on how you want to slice it. I mean, this quarterback class looks a little weak. So uh, this could be kind of dangerous intentions for the Panthers, and they could get beat, look even worse if Colt McCoy come to town and beat the Panthers this week. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely glad you brought up the the Cam Newton signing. Uh, I could see him playing this week um, with how Sam, how terrible Sam Darnold played last week against the Patriots and how he's been on a downward slope since that, that four-game stretch to begin the season. Uh, just terrible, terrible throws. Three stupid interceptions. Uh there's lots of talk of Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore getting furious with him on the sideline. Um, it just seems like they're extremely upset with their quarterback, and I don't blame them when you're wide open and, and Darnold just completely misses you. Why why wouldn't you be furious? Yeah. Well, it also I'll just I gotta add one more thing. As a wide receiver. I can tell you it's almost the same thing in basketball. Like I, I compare it all the time. I tell you guys run so much harder when they know they're going to get the ball in a basketball sense. The same thing is true in football. If you don't believe your quarterback can get you the ball, you're not going to give 110% on your route. So the NFL is a league full of the best athletes in the world. You quite literally, even if you're one of the better players in the league, you need 110% to even get an inch of separation in the league. So if you don't believe in your quarterback to find you when you're open, you're not going to be trying your hardest to get open. So it all compounds on itself, but it, it is a mess. Hopefully 
um, Cam Newton can get in. And it's like I said, especially with the weapons that they have, I mean, it's not really anything. I mean, I'd say the wide receiving weapons are better, far better than anything Cam Newton ever played with. I'm not honestly aware if he had more than a season with DJ Moore, but either way, I know Robbie Anderson was brought in after he was gone. And Christian McCaffrey really took off as the main focal point after Cam left. So I think he could be coming into a good situation where he to play, but it's not going to result in a win this week either way. Um. Yeah, I. it's a weird situation down in Carolina, so it's, it's very easy to go with Arizona here. Um, yeah, not thinking too hard about it. Um, another game I really want to kind of touch on, but not to go too deep into, is uh, the Buccaneers in, in Washington. Um, I do have the the Bucks walking away with this one, but I, I do have to talk on uh, that Saints game. Uh, Tom Brady throws a, a late game pick six to kind of seal the game, um, and their run game has not looked good. Um, for how it looked to begin the season. Uh, your leading rusher was Gio, Giovanni Bernard, who I didn't even know was on this team. Um, I didn't realize he had, he had been signed. Uh, and then, like, yes, Tom Brady is having a good statistical year, but I don't know. It's just... I, I feel like it's the team around him and, and his defense that's really helping this team. And they just lost the game to Trevor Simeon, which is not a, a, a good sign at all, especially considering the Saints are without Michael Thomas. They don't have a true number one. They they lost to, to Kevin White and Traquan Smith being the, the main receivers and Alvin Kamara, like, that's just bad. Um, who knows? Maybe uh, Taylor Heineke can redo what he did last year and almost beat this this Bucks team, and this Bucks uh, offense will wake up Washington's defense. But I I highly doubt it. Yeah, um, I'm right there with you. I, I do think that we do have to kind of remember. Um, my analysis for this game kind of just went back to that game last season and thinking about how incredible of a game it was, it kind of reminded me of the sentiment that I've seen all season where it's kind of sad, but Heineke has played really well for a greater part of the season, but we really haven't gotten a lot of the other givens that we were expecting coming into the season to really pop off and play to the potential that we thought that they would. So for me, I think this is relatively a, a easier kind of a pick. I think this is, you know, I, I'm going bucks here, um, but it could get close. And I expect Heineke and company to have a good game. But until I see Washington consistently pull out some some close games against some good opponents, I'm not going to be able to reliably pick them week in and week out against them. Yeah, sadly. Um, and last lock in for the week. Is the Steelers over the Lions? Um, I mean, the Lions are the Lions. They're 0-8, um, looking like they're going to have an, the first 0-17 uh, record in the in the league. But can I just say, this Steelers team 
has to be the luckiest team in the NFL right now. That that officiating on Monday night was arguably the worst I've seen in my life. I mean, a, a clutch stop from uh, his name is slipping slipping my mind right now. Uh, Cassius March, and it gets called for taunting after staring down the the Steelers bench. And then the ref bumping into him. Uh, Justin Fields not getting calls he should, but Big Ben's getting them. Just absolutely terrible. Yeah. um, Unfortunately, I did not get a chance to watch this Monday night game. Um, But I did hear all the outcry of the calls. I don't feel like I, you know, should really be able to touch on them. So I'll leave that one to you. Um, I I thought you had some great breakdown and you obviously watched the game. Um, But I am with you with this Steelers team being lucky. I mean, first of all, I just think we have to consider it pretty lucky to consider how hard I at least, and I think you to a certain degree as well, I think we both counted this team out. I mean, early results from the season were bad. Very, 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 very bad. Now, I do have this game of the Lions as a toss-up, which is crazy. The Lions are 0-7. But I just still think from the Steelers' perspective, a couple of bad things go wrong and they can lose any game. That's how it's just – I have no confidence in them. Like I said, I the game plan has come together, and they've been able to replicate things in a similar manner the way they did last year to the offense, you know, the quick hitches, the quick throws. And when Deontay Johnson is out there playing and, and Najee Harris as well, and they get the, the quick passes out and they, and they get them into the hands of the playmakers and they can make plays, good things happen. But even then we see on Monday night, it, you still can barely squeak out a win against uh, a bad Justin Fields. Game. Well, not bad. Um, I'd say it was pretty mediocre. I, I thought he played decent. And, I mean, they've got a running back who's probably 50%. I mean, literally played about 50% of the snaps. Um, not a hundred percent Bears team, and you still let them take you to the wire. I mean, nothing this Steelers team has done this season has really boosted my confidence at all. The only thing that I've come to realize over the course of the season is Najee Harris is slowly legitimizing himself as you know a dynamic player. But other than that, I mean, the defense has played pretty well. But I think the Steelers will win. But I still think, like I said, I just have to make it a toss up just because. I think of the Steelers that way every single week. Yeah, I, I definitely see where you're coming from with that. Um, I I just have absolutely zero faith in this Lions team. Yeah. I mean, they've had such a terrible year. I don't want to I don't want to hate on the Eagles, but they lost 44 to 6 to Philly. <laughs> no, I, I understand. That's a it's a pretty big knock. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I Steelers. I I don't know. They're, I do understand the lock, and I mean that is a pretty safe lock team to lock in. I mean, over the Lions, uh, they haven't managed to do much each season. Goes back to more of the problems I have with the Steelers, though. Real quick before we move on, I want to touch on my uh, my last um lock, and I have the Rams over the 49ers now. First of all, for the Rams last week, it was the surprising loss to the Titans. But without those two interceptions, I think it's pretty easy to say that they don't lose that game. And, yes, Matthew Stafford, you know, had his 
had his little moment, but hey, I mean, he was arguably in the MVP contention before that. So, I mean, I have no problems with it. And it was the most flukish thing I have seen from them all this season. I am more than well, more than willing to chalk it up to that. And I do expect them to bounce back versus the 49ers. The 49ers have not really looked all that competitive for a few weeks now. And I, I'm not expecting for them to come out and play a team the caliber of the Rams and have that just suddenly change. Um, I actually have that game as a, a toss-up, uh, leaning more towards the Rams side, of course. But I, I liked what I saw out of San Fran last week. Uh, Jimmy G having a, a good game. Uh, like I said, over 300 yards, two touchdowns, only an interception. Um what I think is probably his best game so far of the season. And I mean, it definitely does help having George Kittle back and Brandon Ayuk. Um, but I, I do still have it going to the Rams because I, I do think last week was a fluke from, from Stafford and they just couldn't get the run game going. And I, I think the, the 49ers run defense is not what it was uh, during their Super Bowl run. So uh, that that worries me a little bit, considering Daryl Henderson has been having a fantastic year after being the the third option to to start the season, and since he's he's gotten the go ahead, he's been playing really well. Really has. Uh, I like I touched on it last week. I really think he you know evens that team out, and it's definitely a welcome sight to see. But. Um, that is all I have for my locks. If you're ready, we can kick it off with our toss-ups now. Uh, yes. Uh, the first toss-up I want to touch on, just because of the whole situation going on there. Um, the Raiders and the Chiefs. Wow. Uh, the Raiders' uh, drama just continues. Uh, Damon Arnett has been released after posting a video on Instagram of threatening to or death threats towards a fan that trolled him on Instagram. Uh, pointed an STG, uh, which seems like it was it was fully loaded uh, attachments. I think it was a red dot with extended mag, and I don't even know everything on there. Just wow. Um, uh, not a class act, Damon Arnett. Not not at all. Um, but even with that, I, I think the Raiders still walk away with this one. Um, I, I think the, the loss to the Giants last week was just because of all of the shenanigans going on and just everything being cloudy there. But this Chiefs team has been so terrible. They barely squeaked out a win against a Packers team without uh, Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love and his first ever career start. Um, I do have to say, Chiefs, you are absolutely terrible for sitting Jordan Love's mom and girlfriend in the nosebleeds. That's awful. Um, but this, this Chiefs offense is just so bad. And it's 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 weird to say because it's Patrick Mahomes at quarterback, but against the Packers defense, he, he didn't even throw for 200 yards. It's it's blows my mind how bad this Chiefs team has been. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. I, it sounds like we both had 
a similar week this or a similar kind of weekend uh, when it came to analyzing the Chiefs because I'm with you. Uh, I can't defend them anymore. This team just looks bad. Um, they've squeaked by for multiple weeks in a row now. But this is a great chance for me to be burned because it's the first time I'm really kind of going against the Chiefs and the first time I'm willing to kind of embrace the Raiders. But this is one of my two upset picks for the week. I, I do have the Raiders over the Chiefs. The Raiders just have – it's two opposites for me. The Raiders have continued to just keep playing well no matter what controversy gets thrown in their face at this rate. I'm not sure what's going to come out next, but I'm sure that it won't phase them. I have no idea. I have no, or I have no doubt that Damon Arnett, you know, threatening to kill somebody, whoever's coming, pulling up to his house with the gun aimed at the camera. I, I can guarantee you that this will in no way affect this team. I mean, this is a mild story compared to some of the breaking news that we've had breaking out of this team. So I just have to assume that they keep rolling in. Like you said, for the Chiefs, it was finally my breaking point. I cannot continue to defend this team, no matter how talented they are on paper. They, the product that we've been seeing on the field for the last few weeks is not the Chiefs team we know and love. And I'm really starting to worry about, well, I don't know that everybody knows and loves them, but either way, you know what I'm saying. It, it, the play's been bad. Patrick Mahomes is uncharacteristically making mistakes, not playing well, and most notably, I think, not breaking the top off of defenses. Think about how much that was the Chiefs' staple. An 80-yard touchdown bomb or even just a five-yard pass and have, you know, the downfield blocking and everything, take it right to the house. I mean, those are what I remember from the Chiefs. And I cannot tell you the last time I saw Patrick Mahomes even make like a 30-yard pass. I mean, it, it is really troubling things. And I'm finally at the point where I, can, I, I cannot continue to back them or, you know, try to apply the bandages. You know, I mean, what I saw last week was ugly. And, I mean, finally now it's been enough and I'm fed up. I'm rolling with the Raiders in this one in an upset. Yeah, I, I'm i in the same boat as you. I, I can't defend this Chiefs team anymore. Um, I know there are, are uh, reporters out there saying that uh, the Chiefs are the – the top competitors to get OBJ, but even that, like, I don't think it's, it's the weapons. I think it's just something mentally blocking Mahomes right now. Agreed. Agreed. I totally agree with what you said. It's, it has nothing to do. I mean, you still feel Tyreek Hill, like no matter what people always wanted to say back when Mahomes was tearing everything up. Oh, well, it doesn't matter. I mean, he just got Tyreek. I mean, he's had, to, it's not like Tyreek's hurt. And we know who Travis Kelsey is as a tight end. I mean, they still have game-breaking kind of options. And it's weird because I would have told you that we'd have seen a fall-off like this from this offense if they would have lost one of those two guys. But that's what's so troubling to me is they still have Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. And the offense seems to has, have lost that. You, I, I can't. I don't even know if words can really quantify. It, it was just that Chiefs magic, and they d just don't seem to have it anymore. And the fact that, like I said, the three—I'll extend it to the three main guys because Patrick Mahomes does deserve credit as being a piece of that connection. I don't think any of those players are who we know them as right now without each other. So, and considering that, I mean, it is kind of crazy, but. I can't pick them until I see uh, an old-fashioned kind of Chiefs performance because the recent results have been so discouraging. Yeah, this is definitely a a huge 
a must need a must win game for for the Chiefs and um unless they they prove me wrong and they play difficult competition I'm I'm going to have to pick against them. We're right there in the same boat and like I said I, I think we both had the same kind of feelings this weekend we watched the the Chiefs do it again we we're like all right man I cannot continue to defend you. Um, another, this is going to be a really interesting game. Uh, we have the, oh, why is, uh, we have, oh, the Browns and the Patriots. Uh, wow. Did, did Baker Mayfield shut everyone up last week? Uh, it it just seems like OBJ was weighing him down. Yes. Uh, had, a, had a good game last week. Of course, Nick Chubb had a, a phenomenal game, uh, 142 touchdowns. Uh, the Browns are down to what's only one running back right now uh, because Nick Chubb and, oh, what's his name? The other running back uh, that tested the, positive. DeForest? No, Dearness is still there. Dearness yeah. is good. Oh, I, oh, um, I know exactly Nick what you're Chubb, talking about. Uh, yeah, Nick Chubb and some UCLA, Felton. Yeah, uh, is it, I can't. Oh yeah, uh, them two are currently tested positive with with COVID, even with the vaccine. So two two negative tests by Sunday, uh, day apart. They'll be good to go. I haven't heard anything on it so far, but I, I think they'll be fine. Hopefully, they'll be good to go by Sunday. Uh, if not, Dearness Johnson is a, a fine backup. Uh, but a huge breakout for Donovan Peoples-Jones, uh, two two receptions for 86 yards and a touchdown. But I think the big thing was this defense completely shut down Joe Burrow. Uh, two interceptions on him, one being a 100-yard pick six from Denzel Ward, which was so was crazy to see. He completely broke Joe Burrow, sadly, um, made him fall to the floor. Uh, but he Denzel Ward has been kind of quiet this year, and he got out there and proved why he's one of the the best cornerbacks in the league. Yeah, I mean, really, I, I'll say I'm so really happy you showed him some love because I, I was literally going to do the exact same thing because of the way that he chased Jamar Chase. Now, no pun intended, but he was also you're right. He has been a little quiet this year, but he has also missed some time. This was his first game even back. And so to come out and respond and check Jamar Chase the way that he did, I was thoroughly impressed and even more impressed to see the defense as a whole play so well. That was definitely a huge part of it. And again, like you, I have to give Baker some credit. I I, I will say I kind of figured this was coming a little bit. Baker Mayfield does just strike me as the kind of guy where as soon as you count him out is the moment he's going to make you look like an ass. Uh, he just – I don't know what it is, but I will say something, and I said it all the way back last year. Baker Mayfield look looks better without Odell, and even last year it was without Jarvis as well. But I don't, I'm not willing to say that Jarvis Landry is a problem, but Odell definitely was, and I, I would not be surprised if this whole team really had a turnaround without him. It, notably, because like I said, we saw it last year. The way the Browns offense and notably Baker Mayfield, the reason why they got so much hype 
with all the defensive overhauls and everything coming into this season was because of what had happened last season at the end of the year. And I guarantee you, we will watch it happen again. And with a better defense, I'm really starting to double down on some of the legitimacy we thought this team could have as a contender coming into the season. Now I'm pumping the brakes on the contender term, but they are nearing that category. If they can put together some more games like this, I mean, it's really just going to be about getting healthy here soon when it comes to some of their playmakers. Yeah. And then, and then looking at the Patriots, wow. Uh, I thought it was going to be their defense. That was going to be an issue this season. It hasn't been that at all. They've, their defense has been playing phenomenal. J.C. Jackson with two interceptions last game. Jamie Collins even with the interception. Uh, that front seven absolutely getting to to Sam Darnold and, and getting him pressure. They have been playing really good. The offense was a, a little questionable last week. Uh, Mac Jones only throwing 18 passes. Uh, throwing an interception. I didn't watch the game fully, um, so I'm not sure how – that pass was and and what it what uh who it was to it if it was a bad throw or not uh the running game not what it's been uh damon harris had a a kind a, a terrible game 15 for 30 uh stevens and and brandon bolden had had nice games but the the pass offense which is kind of what's been carrying them for the season wasn't there so that kind of worries me for for them uh, playing against Cleveland, then that secondary is is really good. Yeah, that really what it is to me this week is it's a rookie quarterback, a bunch of options that I wasn't in love with to begin the season that really still have continued to not wow me. I mean, Jacoby Myers has been fine, and Aguilar and um, Kendrick Bourne and other guys have had moments, but on a consistent basis, it's been nothing. And while this is the Patriots thing, you know, the running game, I can really never say they have a bad game because chances are some running back on their roster had a good game. And that was the same result I thought of last week. Now, I'll be honest, I don't even know all of the New England running backs, but I I remember I want to say it was Bolden. Um, But either way, I, I just don't think they're pulling through. I mean, it's two teams kind of going opposite directions. I'm, I'm falling more for the Browns in recent weeks, and the Patriots did stumble last week. So I think it's it's enough to say that, you know, Baker Mayfield's probably going to pick the Patriots apart. Yeah, uh, it's going to be a good game, though. Uh, of course, Bill Belichick always finds a, a way to, to walk away with something, but it's going to be a tough task with this defense. He usually walks away making me look like an idiot. So the Patriots will probably win. If you're going to bet, I would bet Patriots. <laughs> that, that's fair. Um, On to a, a game that – of a team that had a huge loss and a team that shocked everyone. We got the Cowboys and the Falcons. Uh, the Cowboys dropped a, a huge one uh, to the Broncos last week. Dak Prescott looked bad. That run game was terrible. The defense just, besides Micah Parsons, nothing was there. Absolutely nothing. Yeah, well, so part of the reason why I was really freaking out about the Cowboys is they answered all my questions earlier in the season. You know, Dak came out, looked really well, really, really well, um, you know, the beginning of the season. The, the injuries didn't seem to hamper him or anything like that. 
this defense was consistently forcing turnovers and playing well. They have not, they have not, these things have not lasted the whole season. And the last game, obviously, versus the Broncos, I mean, they got smacked, but that was really scary. I mean, it was really not something you want to see a team do that you were so high on, but they get a good chance to bounce back here. And I'm going to be looking for it. Dak Prescott has got to play better. He's got to move the ball better. I mean, this, especially just considering that it felt like the Broncos were kind of waving the white flag themselves. And then to see them completely come out and just wax the Cowboys, it was a little bit frustrating. Now, first of all, I want to say Trayvon Diggs has really, I'm going to say, fallen off. He was getting, he was still getting burned when he was getting all the picks earlier in the season, but now he's not getting the picks and he's getting burned as well. I mean, you can be this hyper-aggressive corner, but you have to realize you're going to get targeted the ways that other lockdown corners still would never. I mean, you're no matter whether Darrell Reeves had a pick or not in a game, he probably got targeted three or four times. Trayvon Diggs gets tested a lot. I mean, he gets a, he gets a good amount of opportunities. He's just not bringing the ball down anymore. So the Cowboys have got to find some sort of that defensive magic, I feel like, because I just don't think that the defense as a whole is good enough to routinely stop teams. But I do have this as a toss-up, but I do think the Cowboys will win. I do have the Cowboys walking away with this one. But, I mean, we look at this Falcons team. I mean, they're 4-4. Four and four. Uh, Their running game wasn't really existent last week, but – Cordero Patterson, wow, uh, and and Matt Ryan leading that that game winning drive, uh, looking like he he's back in 2016. Uh, Three forty for for two touchdowns, a good completion percentage, uh, 22, 23 for thirty. Even with that out, Calvin Ridley for the rest of the season, this this offense looked good. The at least the. Uh, with the passing game, it, it really shocked me. Uh, Kyle Pitts is looking like one of the best tight ends in the league, it, only being a rookie. I mean, absolutely phenomenal. And they they did a pretty good job against this the Saints team. Uh, they they did a really good job of of containing Alan Kamara and Mark Ingram. Uh, I I do worry against this this Cowboys team, but. If the Cowboys come out and and play like they did last week, I I can't really trust them too much. Yeah, um, I do think that the Cowboys will definitely not play like they did last week. And I definitely think for the Falcons, we're going to start to realize what this Calvin Ridley departure is going to really mean for the team. I mean, that really leaves Kyle Pitts as the only real weapon or guy that a defense would be scared of. So. It's going to mean a lot more attention for him. I hope he can continue the level of play, but I need to see it before I'm willing to, you know, just totally admit. But he also means he's the only option, so. Yeah, it. I think Dallas is going to have a really hard time of putting someone on uh, Kyle Pitts uh, because of that that mixture of height, weight, speed. And, and Micah Parsons isn't, isn't a coverage guy. So, I mean – do you put Trevon Diggs on him and and risk the risk him getting caught uh, the ball caught over him? Do you put Keanu Neal on him? 
who I don't really think has the speed to keep up with them, nor the height. It, it's going to be interesting. It is going to be interesting, but um, hey, real quick, can you pause it real quick? I had to pee. <laughs> yeah, I got you. All right. And uh, for my next toss-up, uh, I have the, the Seahawks beating the Packers under the impression that Rodgers does not play. Um, he is saying he's fine. Uh, if y'all don't watch the Pat McAfee show, he was on there uh, saying he's cleared from, from COVID protocols. Um, I, I'm not sure what he's under for the NFL. Uh, I've heard that he's not able to go back in until the 13th, and I don't know if that will fully clear him, but I'm under the impression he's not playing. So I, I don't trust Jordan Love to, to pull out a win for them. See, I can understand that. Now, granted, I've done uh, less research, but I did read a little bit of some comments from Matt LaFleur, and it seems like they've been going through an awful lot of trouble to keep Aaron Rodgers engaged virtually to make sure that he's on the same page with the team. And I'll be honest, I don't know that that would be the case if they didn't have some semblance of believing that he would play. So I'm going to I'm gonna actually differ from you. Um, and this is totally right. I mean, we don't know what will happen. So just for the sake of it, I'm going to assume that he will play only because it seems a little weird for them to do, be doing all the virtual stuff to keep him along. For one, I doubt that he needs it either way. Um, I expect him and company to, to come and get a win. I mean, the Seahawks are in a very, very weird position. I'd be more concerned, honestly, for this game to know about Russell Wilson's status um which i mean he's not going to play so it's not going to make a difference uh, and they've really just been hurt all year i mean chris carson went down russell wilson went down i mean that's a big bet you still have dk metcalf but he can't do it all by himself i mean we saw he's been really it's the lone bright spot of their offense for these last few weeks and it's obvious he needs that he needs the quarterback like russell wilson to get him the ball and tyler lockett doesn't seem to be the same either um, I'm going to go with the Packers pulling this one out in a close but potentially sloppy one if we don't get Aaron Rodgers, but I do think that he will play. Well, uh, another thing, like, I, I kind of disagree with uh, the Tyler Locker, Tyler Lockett statement. He looks phenomenal against that Jags team. I mean, 144, uh, 142, I mean, uh, no touchdowns because those both went, both went to, to DK, but I mean, he looked really good against that Jags team. They're coming off a bye week. I don't know. I Like I said, I'm, I'm going with the Seahawks. If Rodgers doesn't play, if he does, of course, I'm going with the Packers. That will flip. Um, but, I mean, Geno Smith hasn't looked like a terrible quarterback for the Seahawks team. Um, their run game is a little iffy with, with Alex Collins and Travis Homer back there. But, I mean – this Packers defense, they're they're probably gonna be without Eric Stokes. Um, I'm not sure if Kenny Clarkson will be able to be back. Uh, so that kind of hurts them. Of course, Jair Alexander's out for the season, which really hurts them. Um, so I don't know if they're gonna have the corners to to put on Tyler Lockett and and DK. So that. The defense does worry me a little bit, but like I said, at Rodgers plays, they're going to absolutely smoke that Seahawks defense. If he doesn't, I don't see Jordan Love pulling it out. 
Yeah, we definitely both agree on that. I, I would just say, you know, I've all always felt that this Seahawks team was has been far a little bit far too dependent ever since the Legion of Boom kind of disbanded on Russell Wilson having a great game for them to win. And now I just that cannot be the case because you don't have Russell Wilson. And Geno Smith has played really well, but uh, he's not Russell Wilson. And I think we all know what he means to that team. And I just feel like it's been a real kind of different looking result on the field without him. And it, obviously, I mean, I know it's different without the quarterback, but it, it just really wowed me how different it's been, notably for the Seahawks without Russell Wilson, because I never thought about it. I mean, he's never missed time in his career, it doesn't feel like. And it – it is just so weird to not see him as the quarterback, to not see that number three in lime green on the field, uh, uh, dropping dimes and escaping the rush and doing all those things. I mean, I do think that it's that he is the guy for them. And I, I just, you're right. Geno Smith hasn't been bad, but it's just so weird that I don't even want Geno Smith to win a game because like I said, that's Russell Wilson's team. <laughs> uh, and, and to touch on Russell Wilson, not, yeah, he, since he's been drafted and got the starting spot, this is his first time actually missing games. He yeah. has been an Iron Man throughout his career. So, I mean, it, it is just really, really weird. But um, we seem to both be on the same track about if Rodgers plays, Packers win. Yep. Uh, and on to my last toss-up for, for the week. Uh, I got the Chargers over the Vikings. But that Vikings team looked really, really good last week. Dalvin Cook absolutely just ran all over the Ravens, uh, 110 yards. Kirk Cousins almost pulled out the win. If it wasn't for, for the Vikings defense collapsing in the second half, uh, it would have been a completely different story. Also, if it wasn't for the fact that uh, the Vikings can't make – field goals for some reason, or they don't want to get in range for field goals. Uh, that really sucks. But, I mean, it, it is what it is. I do feel bad for this Vikings team, but this this Chargers team worried me last week. Um, but, of course, Justin Herbert just does, does Justin Herbert things, gets them the win, has a really, really good last uh, drive, able to bring it down from six minutes to, I think, there's only 40 seconds left in the game, or maybe it was even less than that. Uh, really good uh, time management, uh, being able to get them into field goal range and and get them the, the game. Yeah, no, that was, it was really weird to see how poised Herbert was in that situation. I You could have told me it was Tom Brady leading his team down the field because that's how natural it felt. It looked for Justin Herbert to do that against us. Um, I mean, I just immediately knew, like I had seen it a thousand times. I was, I knew we had lost this game before it had even happened. It was just, it, you just kind of get that feeling, especially when, you know, um, I'm actually, I have this as an upset alert. Now, based on the last game that you have, I like the upset that you have. Unfortunately, though, it's not going to be mine. I have that as a toss up. I do have this Vikings team upsetting the Chargers and, this is because as an Eagles fan, I got to get a close look at them a week ago, and they are weak on the boundary. Chris Harris Jr. is the only quarterback out there that gives you any real hope with Michael Davis and Asante Samuel Jr. out. Justin Jefferson had a bit of a breakout last week versus the Ravens. I'd say really the first 
not first, but it's a second or third time this season. It's been a quiet year for him. People have to remember. I think he's going to have a big game again. Adam Thielen had a really quiet game last week. I could easily see this being a, a double breakout game. Justin Jefferson and Thielen both going off against the weekend secondary for the Chargers. And then after that, you have to account for Dalvin Cook. I mean, I liked the, both some things I saw for the Vikings last week. And because I saw my Eagles play the Chargers, I, I found a couple of holes. Now, the Eagles weren't able to exploit them, but they did come a little, They did come kind of close. Now, this Vikings team a week ago played good. Maybe they can. I think they have a better recipe for success with the, the, the receivers they have. I mean, Devontae Smith really kind of had his first good performance since we, we played the Chiefs earlier in the season. So, I mean, that kind of tells you the position that that secondary for the Chargers is in right now. And I would not be surprised if both Thielen and Justin Jefferson went off this week. I definitely see where you're coming from, but I, I kind of find I kind of feel the same way with that Minnesota secondary. I mean, uh, Patrick Peterson definitely isn't what he used to be. Harrison Smith is out uh, for uh, COVID protocol. Uh, Daniel Hunter, of course, is on IR. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, Patrick Peterson's out for this season. That uh, that's my bad. Uh, I didn't get to watch that uh, Vikings game. Uh, but it's just. I, it's, it's the same way with this Chargers wide receiver core of uh, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, uh, Jared Cook, ageless wonder. It feels like I think he's 35, 36, something like that. One of the older tight, end, tight ends in the league and still has the speed to be able to burn linebackers. It's, it's crazy. Uh, I'd like to see Austin Eckler have a better game. Uh, it doesn't seem like he's really had uh, – any standout games this season. And I think this could be the week with the, that uh, beating up Vikings off and uh, uh, Vikings D-line. I could definitely see that. It'll be uh, probably a big emphasis for Eckler in this game. Was not a, a week ago for the Eagles, which uh, obviously I thought was a good idea. I mean, the Chargers, I will give it to them. They game playing well. They playing for the teams they're playing with for well. So I do have to give them that. Could be a little bit scary, but I, either way, I, I do kind of like my upset pick with the Vikings there, although it could be very close. But that leaves one game, and um, who do you want to kick it off? I mean, I got it as a toss-up. I'm guessing yours is an upset. It is an upset, and I have the Broncos beating the Eagles as the upset. Woo! Wait a minute. I have to, I have to say, the Eagles looked really impressive last week. Uh, the running game was phenomenal. Uh, Jordan Howard looked like he turned back the clock to to being in Chicago. Uh, really, I think this was his first good game I saw out of him uh, since probably 2018. I think that was his, his big year. Uh, yeah. Jalen Hurts had another really good game on the ground. Uh, I'd like to see more of him, more from him through the air, especially with having uh, two really good weapons in Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard but I understand that offensive line uh, pass blocking wise isn't the greatest. Uh, Boston Scott also had a, a, a pretty good game uh, being that, that second option behind Jordan Howard. But what really impressed me the most was the defense uh, uh, stopping the run. Uh, the secondary is a little shoddy right now. I'm, if I'm not mistaken, uh, I think Darius Slay might be injured. 
I don't know anything about that, but I do know Avante Maddox left the game last week, and he's our nickel corner. Uh, yes, Darius Slay uh, has a hamstring injury, didn't practice yesterday. So having two of some of your two of your best corners be out right now, that's that hurts. Uh, Josh Sweat's also questionable right now. Even Devontae Smith's questionable. Uh, so if Devontae Smith is out, that that hurts a lot. Yeah, no, that would definitely hurt, especially with the secondary that the Broncos have. I have this one as a toss-up. Oh, wait, go ahead. I'm sorry. But, yeah, I, I'm just really impressed with how Philly played last week. Uh, of course, Denver played really well last week, too, but I, I kind of see that as more of a, a fluke game. Um just catching Dallas by surprise. Um, I think Philly has is building something really good uh, with uh, the Jalen Hurts, Devontae Smith uh, connection. So I I just think they have a a more complete team right now. So that's why I got to go with Denver as as an upset. Yeah, um, I, I totally agree with you. As many bright spots as there were for the Eagles a week ago. I'd say I'd argue that they're equally as many for the Broncos. I mean, yes, you gave up Von Miller in the trade. It was probably an emotional week. But I think if you're a Denver Bronco fan, you still, no matter what, have got to be so excited with the young talent on this team. I mean, it's not like Von Miller's gone out the door and you don't have anybody to replace him. You have Bradley Chubb, who's still only 25 years old and is really breaking out into becoming his own beast of a player. Additionally, you have Jerry Judy, who's just a couple of weeks back from his what, – what I might add is was a disgusting week one injury to his ankle and is already putting up numbers and looking comfortable again running routes on the field again. I mean, Javante Williams every single week makes me think he has got to be the guy right now. And if it wasn't such a good one-two punch between him and Melvin Gordon, he probably would be getting 100% of the touches. So – I think this Broncos team has a still has a super bright young future, but in this game, I do think it's a it's a pretty tough toss up for me. I think the Eagles, like I uh, obviously they're my team, but we are slowly starting to look a whole lot better with this run game, especially with Jordan Howard. And now that he's added to the official roster, I, I'm really excited to see what we can do if we just continue to feed him the ball. But I am with you in this one. I don't think it's going to be enough for us to get the dub. We do have some injury questions at the midweek point. I, I want to know how we're going to be able to play. If we can force a couple of turnovers or do something like that, I do think we could easily win this game. But until until I really see us force some turnovers or get some help other from other places that aren't Jordan Howard or Devontae Smith or Jalen Hurts running the ball, then I, I'm going to be a little bit hesitant. So um, I'd say this is a – Closer to a true toss-up, but I'm leaning towards the Broncos in this one. Yeah, it, it's going to be a good game, though. I will say that two um, two teams that come into the season had a had some uh, expectations. Um, you for the Eagles, of course, you're hoping uh, the Jalen Hurts Devontae Smith connection would help propel them to to more uh, wins, and of course, the the Broncos had a lot of expectations. Um, with that that stellar defense and all the offensive weapons coming back, both have kind of underachieved. But in this past week, they looked really good. So you never really know 
no matter what, I mean, I, I'm an Eagles fan. I will, I'm telling you, I'm going to be all over this game for exactly what you said. The season isn't over, you know. I still don't know if Jalen Hurts is the guy or not because I still will see weeks, and he's still a young guy. You don't expect him to be fully polished right out the get right out the gate. But I've seen the flashes. I've seen some moments of terrible play. You know, I mean, every team is obviously invested in what their team does. But just looking around the league can be another helpful way of reminding yourself, like, man, I could be in a worse spot right now. So. I think it's always good to just check out the lay of the land on Sundays, check out some football. Obviously, today is Thursday. We've got the Thursday night game. I'm going to be tuning in. I I love watching Lamar Jackson play football. It's always super fun to me. Um, Hopefully not starting uh, Hollywood Brown in fantasy this week won't burn me because then I'll have a miserable time watching the game. But I'm excited for this week of football, hoping it's not as crazy as it was last week. Yeah, it's going to be – uh, a fun week of football, as always. Um, tune in just as much as you can. Um, it, it's going to be great. Um, but with that, I hope you all enjoyed. Uh, I have, of course, been your host, Jason Michener, joined alongside Ian Hatcher. We'll see you all next time. <laughs>